1: Welcome back everybody. This is episode 236 of the Black Eagles podcast and I'm your host. That's right. (laughs) Sinan Schwarting back again with another fantastic episode. And of course that sounds like I'm bragging but in this case it's more a compliment. Uh, As I promised... And in the last couple episodes, we've got Kahn Bayezid interviewing Jordi Yamali, uh, the Dutch voice of um, podcasting, football podcasting at the moment, apparently. Uh, and yeah, uh, got a great radio voice, I'll add. But on top of that, very informed. Give us a great take on Wout Veghorst, who I think we're all pretty excited about, right? New guy has just joined. Marquis signing. Um, I am of course coming in live from New York City where the weather is quite nice. It was super hot, right? Like we had a mini heat wave but things dropped and have calmed down. Much like, as you can imagine, Besiktashe's situation, right? Things came to a fever pitch. We had all these transfers come in and then we got them in. We don't really need too much more. So now things have cooled down. We're settling into training camp. We're going to Spain now. The right Austria is done, and we'll talk all about it. Anyway, let's dive in, shall we? Operation is
2: in effect, is in effect. as of right now. now.
1: That's right, folks. So I'm not going to talk too much about anything in particular here, because uh, I want to get right to our, of course. A major interview with yordi amali uh, and khan bayazi that said uh there's a little news we've got some new stuff to talk about All right, so we're still on the hunt for a central defender and that has a caveat right it's got to be a turkish central defender because we have our foreign slots lined up as far as the starters go right the eight foreigners that will start and three turks right and, and there's some variance here there's, there's the possibility that we could see a wellington montero and of course roman Sáiz back line because Valeria ismail has been trying out some other things you could say uh with with uh with our tactics right you, you expected to see more of a defensive central midfielder or a defensive midfielder next to jedson fernandes but with joseph going down to injury he's been playing you know, he's been trying some things out, right? We've seen um, Sally Uchan getting a look and he seems to be thriving actually, uh, which is interesting. I think the knock against him was he must be a lazy trainer given all the failures he's experienced after such a high start out, right? A, a high beginning, right? Everyone had such high expectations of him. Sorry, that was a weird sentence construction. I'm excited about this interview. I don't want to waste too much time. Anyway, the point being, we, we might have our third Turk in the center of the midfield instead of on the defense. Nonetheless, we've got to be sort of prepared for it. And so the news coming in is now uh, that we are looking at 21 year old Emirhan Topcu from Rizespor. Something of a prospect. Um, some of our fans are unhappy, apparently. They don't think he's good enough. Obviously, Rize was relegated after a terrible season uh, with him on their back line. But that said, he's 21. He's a Turk. Uh, I don't think. One could say he was the reason for their failure by any stretch. Um, and you know, you, uh, sometimes a player rises up to the occasion, to the club he comes to. Uh, again, he's young enough to develop. In addition, we're still looking at Emre Can Uzunhan from uh, Istanbul score. And in fact, the latest is that we're actually looking to get both. And I said this on Twitter, I think it's ideal, right? They'll push each other for that starting role. They'll push each other to develop um, you know they'll compete f- for the same role, you know, in theory. But I, you know, ideally, maybe they both develop into being good enough to start, so we can eventually have two Turks on that back line, and use our foreigners elsewhere, right? I mean that's pie in the sky optimism, but nonetheless, right? That's that's a thought. But so yeah, it's 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 great, and I think what's ideal is bringing two guys in at the same time to compete with each other, to push each other, to uh, you know, struggle between them for that one role. Which is only ideal. I think competition is ideal. And, and maybe they're both good enough that you, you alternate it and you give them both. You know, that's, that's not a bad scenario, right? However it pans out, I think it's ideal. And at the very least it's insurance. If one of them ends up being a stinker, you've got the other one who hopefully isn't. I'm only positive about that. I mean, there's talk of us also continuing to look elsewhere as far as foreigners. We do have two foreign slots available to us. That said, we're still very much on the market for Kvassnacht, the Swiss 28-year-old from the Young Boys, uh, winger, he's a right winger. I think, you know, if you look at our, you know, depth chart, or, or whatever it is, right? It's a pretty promising scene, all in all, I would say. And by the way, the latest is that Emirhan Topcu looks to be arriving uh, somewhere between one and one and a half million euros. Not bad. It's uh, You know, you're going to get that Anadolu inflation right when they charge you for, for a player that's Turkish. You almost have to anticipate that. Now, um, what I was saying as far as Fasnacht and where he fits into the depth chart. Right, we've got Weghorst and Jank up top with Muleka as a potential third option that you'd like him starting on the left side. He showed a lot in our friendly. I'll talk about that after the interview. Um, you've got on the right side obviously, Gazal, but his backup right now seems to be Tyler Boyd. We could do for it an upgrade. The question is, are you going to pay money and bring in a foreigner just as a backup? Right? That doesn't seem likely, especially given the significance of Gazelle and the fact that you're really trying to play him as often as possible. This fast knock guy is Fasnac guy almost like a little too good to just be in that backup role? So I don't, I don't know. You know, a lot of people were theorizing he could be depth for the wing back slot, but he's never played that defensively before. He's only played in offensive role. He's played as a, as a right wing for the majority of his career. Also as a left wing. And he's also played a bit as a number 10 in the center. Um, so he's he's definitely an attacking minded player, fast And he's not especially young, which isn't a problem in of itself, right? Like we're talking about depth here. Maybe he sneaks in a starting role. I'm not sure where that would happen. Um, But we'll you know, keep an eye out on it, no doubt.
0: Uh, But that's all we really have
1: for news, which leaves me with the key part of this episode. And, And stick around for after the interview with Khan and Jordi, where we're gonna talk about our final match of the Austrian training camp against Mainz, which, you know, pretty decent opposition, no doubt. And it was a really fun match. Uh, and I'll tell you all about why that is the case. But first, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this amazing, in-depth interview regarding Wout Weghorst and this great player who might be an ideal fit. And here's why, folks. Khan and Yordi Yama.
0: Right, and here to talk to me about our new signing, Wout Weghorst, is Jordi Amali, the voice of uh, Dutch football podcasting. <laughs> Jordi, welcome to the show, man.
2: <laughs> Thank you very much, Heike. How are you?
0: I'm doing fine, man. And how about yourself?
2: Yeah, it's a busy summer. Uh, I started a new podcast. As you know, it's a daily job, so that's uh, a bit tough. But it's, uh, it's nice to see that people are liking it, so uh, that gives energy.
0: Yeah, it's a great update on uh, the transfers in the world of football. It's just too bad that you don't cover uh, anything outside of, of well, you know, the big transfers and then of course uh, Holland. I, I wish you would. I wish it would be possible that you could do everything. Yeah, you know? maybe when <laughs> I
2: quit my day job, then at one time uh, I will make episodes of two hours. And if you have to include Turkey, it will be really a tough job to do because, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as you know, I only do the the Finnish transfers. So yeah. Uh, in, in some way turkey is possible because there's a lot of news but there's not a lot of really news
0: yeah, yeah for sure uh of course your podcast is called taken Geld," which translates to signing bonus i guess um yeah. it's a fantastic podcast daily every morning you can listen to the latest happenings in uh, mainly the dutch uh, transfer market but also a little bit of international uh, stuff sprinkled in here and there Oh, is For a example,
2: less? your new, new striker.
0: Exactly, exactly. And uh, <laughs> about that new guy, uh, of course, uh, I know you're not uh, the biggest fan of Wout Weghorst, but you uh, did mention something that uh, immediately jumped out to me, and that was uh, match made in heaven. Can you go into that a little bit further? Why do you think that Wout Weghorst will take to Turkish football? I
2: think he has everything uh, like on and off the pitch to to get the Turkish people uh, yeah excited because he's like really yeah how do you say it uh, to be nice he's, he's, he's a bit dramatic on the field and I think that uh, that is really loved and Turkey understands so he will give always 100% he likes to interact with the crowds uh, he scores a lot of goals what's really important in Turkey because the only thing that counts as a striker is scoring goals yeah so and I think uh, his build the, the type of uh, striker he is uh, in my mind, it, 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 I see some resemblance with. Maybe possible, he can be some. He can achieve something like Mario Gomez. I don't think how you see that.
0: Yeah, I mean the the comparison that's being made in Turkey. Of course, is that a little bit of Mario Gomez? Although, um, if you look at the, there's a couple of really nice analysis videos from his time in the Bundesliga uh, where you can see what he does in the box and you can certainly see some resemblances there of course I think Mario Gomez of course is a a player that performed at a much higher level you know Champions League international stage won a lot of trophies Uh, of course they both did it in the Bundesliga and the fact that Weghaus did it in the Bundesliga uh, speaks to him but uh, yeah, but
2: I think I think maybe Mario Gomez is, is a more natural poacher. Mm. But if you look at Valverde, he puts a lot more effort in yeah. it, and I yeah, think he, sure. com- he he can uh, the lack of, of maybe God given talent he he, he he wipes away with his working rate.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And the, the thing about Gomez as well, like if you look at his football outside of the box, that was never great that's one of the main reasons why uh, bayern munich ended up uh, replacing him with robert Lewandowski. Uh, well first mario Mandzukic and, and of course later yeah. uh, lewandowski one of the bit criticisms on him was his feet aren't good outside the box and uh, i remember uh, i think it was on uh, the fc afkick uh, daily last week you were talking it's with uh, with bruce uh, about his performance at at, uh, at burnley and how you actually liked his play um, with the team and his performance in general even though of course his performance at Burnley is uh, largely scrutinized for his lack of goals and uh well, yeah, ability but to I think, it, I,
2: and I also think, it's really important for Beshtas to get the great, uh, the great striker that he uh, has in him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Beshtas is competitive in the league. They will most of the time they will play in front. They will attack, and that's of course what was lacking at Burnley. So uh, the working rate is is really nice of Weahors, but if he uh, removes himself too much from the box. I think he lost a lot of his important features so i think if the uh, straight behind and next to him that they can match that really good uh, uh, to get the best out of him that's really important because i don't think uh, weghors is a striker that you can just put in front and he will find himself away for example burak Yilmaz is one guy you you give him a ball and he finds a way to get to the box mm-hmm. but weghors lacks that yeah i don't know that finesse i think
0: yeah you can also see in statistically uh, the amount of goals he has scored where they're scored from and, and and the area they're scored from like he has very few goals from outside the box yeah, uh, yeah. Like he is really a guy that you need to find in the box, and of course, like you said, you know, a team like Burnley who are, were fighting relegation, more on the back foot, will be playing more in their own half. You know, the further you're removed from goal, the more difficult it, it becomes for strikers like that. Despite the fact that you know, yeah, of course, he-, he had an impressive amount of, of pressures per game, an average of twenty-seven, yeah. which was uh, at the top of Europe it's a nice thing but even but
2: also the 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 thing why he doesn't he didn't score goals and he also mm-hmm. had a couple of mediocre player against him but a lot of guys that were taking shots from all over the place and yeah when you have a striker like records when you buy buy such an expensive striker and you don't tell his teammates okay guys now we all play uh four records mm-hmm. yeah then you will get nothing out of him
0: do you think that maybe in england i mean obviously that's an issue in england that we see a lot where they they buy people with impressive performances abroad but then they it doesn't really fit into what the type of football they are actually playing maybe it fits into what they want to play but in in, in, re- in uh, reality it's not really what uh what's coming out
2: yeah i think that's a fair point but with us both knowing the super league really good it <laughs> sounds almost
0: like turkey <laughs> yeah for sure for sure that's one of the things that uh, kind of surprised me with this because uh of course, this is a transfer that the coach in particular really, really wanted. And in Turkey, we often see that... And we're seeing it with Fenerbahce too now, which really surprises me. But in the past, you, you, like transfers are usually done by the board. And they they, yeah. they they, just tell the coach, like, Oh, here, well, you get this guy and, you know, just do the best with him. But you asked
2: for a left back, here's a random left back. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if yeah. you're lucky, uh, he has a certain profile, but rarely.
2: But if if you see if you look at the budget at ev- and everything that is possible in England, then I think it's it's like a really stupid de- decision because it looks like Burnley made just a, uh, uh, uh how do you say that they just looked at Weghorst and said oh he's yeah. a big guy we need that in English football and then it will work. I think that's the main mistake what happened at at Burnley that he didn't suit the team, but he looks like he will suit English football, mm-hmm. the type of play Burnley did. Yeah.
0: Yeah, probably. I mean, if you look like in, of course, in his, if his you look at his career career trajectory, he started off at a lower level with Teraklas and stuff, but then he moved up to Azad Alkmaar, who are of course a, a, a sub top team in in the Netherlands. Uh, haven't really strongly competed for the trophies in the last decade or so, but uh, well, in the, the Corona season, of course, they were uh, the main contender for Ajax. Yes, um, and and you know you're playing, of course higher up the pitch and with Wolfsburg as well he had uh three good seasons there but also the team itself performed very well and it was I think third set twice I mean they played Champions League last season like they were yeah. competing at the top of the table as well and then to go to a team like Burnley suddenly and of course the Premier League which is an extremely difficult league uh, to begin with yeah uh, yeah probably not the, the, the best career choice uh for a player who Generally speaking, has made good choices in his careers. So every time taking that little step up. Um, yeah, but I,
2: I, I think the premises of the of the Premier League is is so mm. big for players nowadays. Yeah. It was just, I think, you know, he 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 misproven everybody, but every yeah. step in the way that you tell you tell your listeners like Emma Heracles, and then uh, I said every step in the way everyone's like, okay, now it's gonna end, mm. and then he showed that he can score goals again, but yeah now coming to a later age i think just just uh, to know that you will play liverpool away manchester united at home i think it was too big of a dream to not complete it and now lucky for you his big dream is the world cup so that's yeah. the main uh, uh, decision and i i think it's really uh, nice for the super league for one time that louis vaga agreed with his transfer so as you know louis Fagal, uh, yeah uh, 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 discuss every decision of his players sometimes people here they don't like it that he uh, uh, cares so much but i know for sure that Weghorst went to him told him i have the interest of basic touch what do you think about it and i said he said go for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. but I, I was surprised by that because yeah. I knew from the time that Snyder made the same decision to go to Turkey after his uh, uh, yeah uh, difficult end at Inter, Louis was like every period of every interview, I'm not going to take him, he's in the Turkish league, he's not fit, everything. So he was like teasing him to get the best out of him and it worked, <laughs> but I know for sure Louis doesn't like the Super League. But nowadays, he, he, he thought Peshtas was a good decision. <laughs>
0: No, yeah, but of course I think in that sense also Wesley Snyder kind of uh, paved the way in a, in a sense, um, but you could see that as well with Snyder, you know, in a in a, in a Euro year or in a World Cup year, like before he'd, you know, he'd put on some weight, but then, you know, that, that, that World Cup 2014 in particular came and suddenly, you know, he'd, he goes training with a personal coach and he's yeah. he looks ripped again and uh yeah got the best out of him of course and i think with a guy like rickhouse that's not uh, going to be an issue at all if, if you see some of the footage of him in training the guy is a uh, a madman <laughs> possessed almost yeah. um
2: yeah, I think he's the guy of, of player that like uh, you, you you remember the interview uh, Sufjan Feghuli gave about the laziness of the Turkish uh, football players. I think Weghorst will be a guy that eventually maybe if <laughs> not everything goes in his way or maybe that Besiktas will be in third place or second yeah, place yeah, yeah. that he will give. He will tell the press about the laziness of the Turkish people around him. But I think Valerian Ismail is really uh, straight on that. So maybe there's no room for laziness this time. Yeah,
0: did you catch uh, what happened yesterday in the friendly? Uh, no, yeah, one it's, it's, you know Serdar Saatje, uh yeah. young centre back, nineteen year old. He played mm-hmm. uh, like uh, twelve games or something last season, the uh, Champions League and stuff. Um, he played against Ayes, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did, and yeah. he he came <laughs> on in the sixty second minute, and basically, of course, you know, Ismail expects a constant pressing game, mm-hmm. and he was on for a few uh, ten minutes at that point, and uh, at a point where he was supposed to put pressure, he was just jogging. And Ismail completely lost his shit, he said, and he he (laughs) took him out, he took him out again (laughs) out of the game, so, uh, yeah. yeah. but
2: just for the listeners to, 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 to make an example of how big this problem is, you, you talk about a 19 year guy, Mm. 90 years old that has no experience at all, and he thinks he's, yeah, yeah, in, in his way to just jog around. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing, um. I mean, this is we're going off topic a little bit, but yeah. uh, but no, <laughs> but th- the thing is, like Seadarsachi as well, he has also been refusing to renew his contract already since last year because he was quote unquote not getting enough opportunities. He played o- over a thousand minutes last season. I mean, if you look at the average for Turkish youth players in in the big clubs, I think that's not too bad. Uh, not but really you know, you know, he has a uh, that same agent that. Uh, that was uh, causing some some trouble in Fenerbahce a couple of years ago uh, okay. with all the Alanya players and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, uh, let's continue o- about Weghorst. So uh, what are your expectations from him at Besiktas, if, uh, broadly speaking?
2: Broadly speaking, I think I, I wouldn't say match made in heaven if I didn't thought it was be a, a really good transfer. But the, the main thing is that Besiktas in the past was a bit uh, uh, with ups and downs. I... I do think you now have a, a, a good coach. I don't know if the players around him are of that top level to let him be the, 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 the goal scorer of the Super League. I, I, I don't know yet uh, about that. I, I think maybe you tell me. What, what is your expectation from the guys around him? Are, are they capable enough to get the best out of Weghorst, the guys that are in now at the moment?
0: Ah, I muted myself. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I think much will depend on, uh, on Rashid Ghezal. Uh yeah. I, I thought he was actually really good last season, but he was yeah. very unfortunate that a lot of his assists got squandered, not just by Michi Bacuayi, but by the rest of the team as well. And uh, you know, Bacuayi, of course, got a lot of criticism for missing opportunities, but I think... Kudos to him throughout the season, he kept working hard, he didn't have the confidence in front of goal, and you could tell that, but a lot of other players, especially on loan, would have just not given uh, shit anymore, you know, like yeah. Pjanic for example, he was really good in the first couple of games, but as soon as it became clear that this was going to be a nothing season, he checked out, and credit yeah. to Bacuai that he never did. But unfortunately, you know, productivity-wise, he wasn't uh, all that good, despite scoring 14 goals, which is respectable. Um, But Gazal was really uh, a victim of the lack of uh, quality in front of goal throughout the season. I think if he would have had, you know, the season before he had 17 or so assists in the league, I think. And uh, if you look at his key passes, the same chances created is basically the same. Uh, but he only had seven assists this time around and like two thirds of the season in, I think he had like two or three assists. Um I so, totally agree, but it's one guy enough. So I
2: would guess oh who is the who are the other guys that will yeah. give those key passes?
0: That's the that's the question. And then of course, you know, we have to go back to one of the players that you probably know well enough from Galtzheim, Getson Fernandez. Is he gonna be able yeah. to be that he's of course a, a central midfielder, not really I mean he's he's good Inoffensive uh, aspect as well, but yeah, the, that is the question. Eh? You have Gazal, he's gonna play maybe behind the striker, maybe on the right wing. Uh, it's clear that Ismail is, is playing with the idea of playing 3 4 3 or 3 4 1 2, so with two strikers. Yeah. So it's possible that uh, that he will go for a Jeng Tosun Bechors partnership or Muleka Bechors partnership with Gazal behind it. And then the question is, how much are those uh, those wingbacks going to be able to contribute to the game? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then the question, the big question becomes, is Rit van going to stay? Because if he does, I think he is a good player. But then Umut, sure. Umut Meraj is a good left back, but he's not offensively. offensively yeah, no. ex- exactly. And that's going to be an important aspect, whether the wingbacks are going to be able to contribute enough assists uh throughout the season. I think Valentin Rozier, on a, on, on a good day, is a very good offensive player, but... I agree. You know, he, uh, he wasn't the greatest last season, it's, and Pistec will have to hope that he can find his, his form and consistency. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a good question. I think uh, the the high-pressing game that Ismail wants to play definitely is something that will play into it as advantage, but creative, creatively-wise, yeah... Um, a lot of players will have to step up their game. Muleka is, he did, of course, great at Kasim Pasha, but uh, we'll yeah, have we, to we, all, we all
2: know that that doesn't say anything. No, exactly. I, 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 we can't get rid of by a jugnet, <laughs> so, so
0: please true. don't talk <laughs> to me about great seasons <laughs> at <Cousin> Pasha. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good point. That's a good point. But yeah, we'll have no, to. Wait I, and see, I yeah. think you
2: will you will get the best record you 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 know. And because of his this uh, World Cup dream, and it, I think it's a really difficult dream to realize because he didn't mm-hmm. had that great performances. He isn't that type of Louis Vagal striker. And now you have Vincent Janssen, who came, of course, to Belgium, who will be in the news every week. So mm. if he does a good job at Antwerp, it will be really difficult for Weghorst to to go. Be- uh, another bad thing for Weghorst is that Luc de Dion came yeah. back to Holland, so he that's will probably be the
0: worst thing. Yeah, that's the worst
2: thing, because I think Weghorst, the only option now left is to be the pinch hitter, to be the guy that will, uh, if it's needed, will be brought in. But with Luke de Jong every week at the Eredivisie and maybe scoring again 15 or 20 goals, yeah, then he's cooked. But he will try everything in his body to pursue that dream. So it will not be about Weghorst, how this transfer will end up. But then, as you said, there are a lot of question marks around Ah, uh, the team as a whole and the coach as a whole. So yeah, it's it. I I, I find it really difficult. But when you look at it and you, you you do the analysis and you look at the money and everything, I think it's a great bet of basic to go for that striker for that money f- with Watvejhorst.
0: Yeah, and then finally, of course, you know we've talked about his big goal is uh, obviously to uh, go to the to the World Cup with uh, the Netherlands and uh, you mm. already touched on that just now but how important do you think it is for him because he has had a you know if you ob- objectively look at his career he has had a very successful career especially uh, if you go by I think what the expectations would have been 10 years ago for him <laughs> yeah, uh, then, he's done a, <laughs> then he's done almost a, like movie like uh, career exactly but one of the big things In his career is the lack of trophies. And of course, he got very close twice with AZ to Cup Finals. But he uh, lost both of those. That was a very difficult uh, time in his career. He's pointed out a few times, I believe, one of the Cup Finals. He uh, (laughs) was really uh, ziek Irrevaner almost. Um, Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. How much... yeah, I yeah. think it was in the back of his head. Do you think because when you yeah. go to Fenerbahce, touch or God's the, the, in the back of your head is that you're gonna win trophies? Yeah. And he, has, as you said, he has none. He one time became top scorer of the league. That's everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he would like it, but I think because of all the interviews he gave and the importance of uh, Fakhar in his decision, the the the, the really big uh, decision maker was the World Cup and looking forward to that. And I think if it's gets him some metal work going to Turkey it would be nice I'm, I I. think it's difficult for me so let's say they have a great season at Besiktas they became champion and he scores 25 goals so there's interest of other clubs will he stay will he fall in love with Turkey mm. I think because of you know there's there's something about him like team players who, who told that who, told, who leaked to the press that they didn't like playing with him up front because he's really self-minded you know mm-hmm. uh, all those factors and maybe maybe he for the first time will fall in love with some place that he will get something in return. So I know for sure that you and all the best supporters, when he, he will get you that trophy winning the league and being the top scorer or maybe only just 20 or 25 goals. Uh, then you will show him love and I don't think there's a much people around the world in his career that showed him some love till this point.
0: He even said that actually in his interview uh, yesterday, uh, that uh, it's something like, you know, one of the big factors in his decision and of course this is terrible for for, uh, numerous players in the world, Instagram accounts because they're going to get even more bombarded now with come to Pishik-tash, come to Galatasaray, come to Venner, watch it, uh, Yeah, but it
2: shows. Everybody hates it. You know, the, uh, how's the Norwegian guy from Sport? So what?
0: Yeah, he, he, d- the, he, so did, he didn't like it. He,
2: question, <laughs> he questioned the, the, the people for like 10 times on his open Instagram. Like,
0: please stop. I yeah, don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah.
2: Stop it. But the, so the most people who are loved, they don't like it because it messes up your mentions and everything. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. just irritating. But the fact that Weghorst likes this yeah. tells you a lot about the lack of love in his career
0: yeah he literally he he literally said what you just said it's like I never felt this type of attention or uh, appreciation before and that's when I was thinking, and then my friends, of course, I have some uh, Dutch-Turkish friends, and yeah. they are saying, wow, this is just, you know, a transfer for one season. Uh, the, his buyout clause is 10 million, we can't afford that. Uh, you know, Well, and that's,
2: it, a, that, that's a small fact. <laughs> that, 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 exactly, but
0: uh, <laughs> although uh, the, the sportive director did say today, Jeon Kazanji did say, uh, that, well, you know, the buyout clause is 10 million, but if Burnley doesn't get promotion things might get easier <laughs> yeah
2: okay yeah that's smart but thing I think it's, I, I think that's true because I, I, I know for a fact that the uh, contract he made with uh, Burnley was all fitted on Premier League so yeah. I think that's why it did, it did go easy now also
0: mm-hmm. but then the big question becomes you know of course one of the big traumas for, for Besiktas fans from the past uh, I don't know 7-8 years is Mario Gomez a fantastic season but then he didn't stay he, yeah. he, he went and of course the same kind of happened with Abubakar but Mario Gomez especially like you know they've, they've even, even nicknamed him and stuff like that because of that Uh the nickname eludes me for the moment uh, but yeah I think one of the fears in Bistesh fans is like well let's say this guy comes and has an amazing season are we just gonna lose him again and uh I do have the same sense that you have like not of course it's no guarantee but there is a chance there. I think more than with Mario more Gomez. than ever More than yeah.
2: ever. Believe me, more than ever there is a chance. Because he's not in Turkey to make another transfer. To to mm. save his career. And you know all the type of players that eventually end up at our top clubs. They are just looking for a step back or for money. Yeah. And he has not that motivation. And because of what we said about the lack of love in his career. And and maybe with with finally some titles. Then... It's, it's more reasonable than ever to think that he will stay.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good note to end on. And thank you, Jordi, for uh, your insights on the player. And, You're welcome. And, uh, of course, uh, as a Galt's Rai fan, I wish you all the best uh, with second place this year. <laughs> we will need it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your time, mate. Yes. Thank you.
1: Very nice. This is great. That was a fantastic interview, and once again, shout to Khan Biazit at R-A-Z-Z-E-R-I-A-N, Razarian. you know the man, right? He's been here before, a co-host of mine for many a year. <laughs> um, and he will be back, in theory, we'll see how that goes, hopefully, right, he's in between homes still. But with him was, of course, Jordi Yamali. Uh, we don't have any Twitter information or social media information, sadly. But uh, if we did, I would be happy to give it. With that said, Jordi Yamali. Uh, he's discussed on the internet. I think he must be something of a figure in the Netherlands as such. Uh, and, and as Khan mentions, he has a number of podcasts and the like. So, um, he's, he's a very involved member in the Dutch football circle. But let me sort of quickly segue over to the last bit of, of talk we have here, which is to talk about this minds match, our final friendly uh, in the Austrian camp. And it was a really good match, I have to say. Uh, I can't say I expected as much. You know, I, we we came out to a pretty good start, as we've talked about in the the previous episode. Uh, Some good matches against Werder Bremen, a win, a a draw against Victoria Pilsen, where however the stats were much better than those against Werder Bremen. Uh, And Mainz is some of the tougher opposition we're facing this offseason, so you kind of might expect some regression. They're also kind of just starting out their preseason, at least. That was not the case with their previous two matches. Better Bremen, I think, uh, our first friendly was their fourth. And Victoria Pilsen had a number before as well. They're, they're, they're really heating up, getting ready for their season. So in this case, mine's in a similar place. I think this is their second friendly. It's our third. Let's talk a bit about the lineups, shall we? Uh, I'm, again, I'm not going to focus on theirs. Typically, right, I go over both teams' lineups. In this case, it's a friendly it's a team we're not really facing that much. It's, players we don't have a ton of interest in I would say probably um, with that said I mean if you have any questions feel free to reach out uh, I guess one uh, anyway, let's just talk about our starting lineups we start out with Ersin Destanolu in goal no shocker there Montero Wellington 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 and Nejip on the back line again no shockers there no no changes Umut Medash our left wing back Valentin Rosier our right wing back Sally Uchan and Jedson Fernandes in the middle. And on our uh, on the left side, Emirhan Deribas with Nkudu on the right side and Cenk Tosun up top. Pretty solid, right? Good stuff there. No shockers. Uh, of course, Broman Seiss still minorly injured. Joseph still also minorly injured. No Weghorst or Muleka or Gazal even starting. Right, we're still bringing these guys in more slowly from their just entering our training camp or because they were on international duty a bit during the summer. and All of these situations we've been dealing with, but so you know a, a number of starters in, to be fair, but uh, also you know certainly not a, a complete A team on our side. And as such, let's dive in, shall we? So, to to start things off, the the second minute, Valentin Rosier is like body slammed, no call, Uh, and it's this Lokoki guy, or whatever his name is, number 23 for them, he rushes up field with the ball after the body slam, um, has almost like a one-on-one, he has like a quick little juke move, leaves Montero for dead, I think a lot of our guys are still somewhat shocked that this play has is, is happening, right? That, that there was no foul called against them for, for body slamming Rosier. Uh, but see, a quick little juke around Montero. A shot on goal. Arison gets down and saves. A diving save. Lovely save. Uh, on a one-on-one. And we are still in it at nil-to-nil. There's a rebound on the shot. Uh, They get another go, and this time Montero recovers, saves it himself, so, you know, recovering in in a few different ways, you could say, saving face as well, and so yeah, still nil-nil, 16th minute, there, you know, on the back of their midfield, uh, or even defense, I suppose, on the right side of their defense, their central midfielder steps back. His name is Fernandes, too, so that's why I remembered him, because Jedson, of course, was Fernandes and Fernandes crime, I said at the time, because Jedson presses really well, forcing this Fernandes fellow into a bad pass. He tries a cross pitch. Um, Jedson gets the ball, and then this Fernandes fellow tackles him really poorly, and so just Really physical stuff from Mayans early on. The body slam on Rosier, this really um, sort of careless, casual, clumsy, dirty tackle from Fernandez on their part. And yeah, that's not fun. That's, that's a rough start. That said, a little bit of payback. Rosier comes after Lokokoki in the 20th minute. Um, you know, just lots of physicality at this point, sort of back and forth. Rosier is standing up for him and his side at this point, I think. 23rd minute, however, finally we get something a, a little different, rather than just physical play and and um, intimidation or whatever you call it. This time it's a lovely ball from Salih Uchan on the ground, his left foot, he's been doing that all preseason, um, kind of a like, fake, look one way, pass low on the ground, in between defenders for Cenk to run on, he does so perfectly, and then Kind of in the box, sends the ball with a ton of power across the goal mouth into the corner of the side and netting, perfect goal, beautiful stuff, you love to see Jank Tosun getting his feet back underneath him, scoring like this, right, this is the kind of old Jank that we've all, we all came to, to love. And yeah, just fantastic stuff, no doubt about it, and we are winning. 40th minutes, Emirhan, a bad pass, but you know, so we're on the kind of counter. He sends it upfield. field. I mean, on Delibash, that is. Uh, Jedson, however, it's like behind him, he does fantastically to sort of back foot the ball back up into his path and then drag it so that he doesn't even really like slow down too much to control it. And then a lovely little ball uh, into the direction of Nkuru who like nice little touch to Rosier. Well, you think he, he'll send in a cross. Instead, he sends it back to Nedjip, who sends in a cross really nicely, actually, onto the head of Jank Tosun, who sends it down perfectly into the low bottom, you know, low left. Uh, but their keeper dives and saves, uh, preventing them from going down two to nil right before the half. And that's it for the half. Uh, substitutions. They have one, two, three, four substitutions at the half. We also had four substitutions, I believe, or maybe even five. Five substitutions. Yeah, five substitutions. So we bring on Rashid gazelle Jackson Muleka, Vaut Veghorst, Ridvan Yilmaz, and Tyler Boyd. Off comes Nkudu. Which, again, you know, just bringing him back, getting his feet underneath and his lungs. This is one of his first extended performances in the preseason. um Mirash comes off, obviously did for Rivan Yilmaz. Emirhan Delibash and Cenk Tosun, so Valt Veghorst and Jackson Muleka manning the, the two spots up there. Um, with Muleka theoretically on the left side. Rashid Gezol, um and Nejip Uysal coming out. Which means... This this was actually fairly interesting. I think Tyler Boyd took wing back, and Rosier took right central defender. And there's some debate about exactly how this shook out. I don't know. This whole preseason, things have been quite fluid. But we won't focus too much on it. Let's just move things along in the 50th minute. The first real action, Jedson pressuring the left side now, uh, their defense, forcing them into a bad pass, which falls to the feet of Muleka, who you'd think, oh, here we go, like he's just come in, it's his first, he might just try to smash it into the back of the net. Instead, his brains kick in. He just perfectly lines up Tyler Boyd, who's rushing into the box for a one-on-one and just unselfish great technique. You love to see it from Jackson Muleka. Unfortunately for Tyler Boyd the shot is a little too low. It goes into the leg of the onrushing keeper. So he kind of sends him the wrong way but doesn't send it high enough to to, to get past that leg. And so it's still 1-0 but we look pretty good to start this half out. No doubt about that. Excuse me, I had a little cold water. 54th minute, a free kick from Sali Uchan. He's been manning the, the, the set pieces for much of the preseason as well. Forces a save. Um, kind of right towards the keeper, but there was a knuckler, so the keeper couldn't like catch it. He had to punch it out, looking to be into the path of a couple of our guys, but unfortunately someone was called off, and that would be that. Um, let's see. The next action, a substitution in the 65th minute. Emirhan Ilkan coming on for Sali Uchan. Uh, I think a lot of our fans would love to see that. Berkay Varda are also coming on for Wellington. A little less exciting. A minute later, Emre Bilgin would come on for Ersin Testanoğlu. Uh, also, no shocker there. I think both of those guys are on our radar. We're happy with both. Uh, and right about there, the next real action um, is presented. Rashid Gazo rushing up the side of the right side of the pitch as he would. Finds Jackson Muleka in the middle of the box, who again turns on it perfectly and sends in a perfectly weighted low ball into the path of Rashid Gazo. He he skies it, unfortunately. I mean he's not the best finisher there, traditionally. Although it's happened, right? He's had some lovely goals, no doubt. But yeah, again, you love to see Jackson Muleka being unselfish. Um great technique. He's kind of everything Kyle Aaron wasn't, just as we'd hoped, at least so far. Um, let's see, what happens next? Uh, 67th minute, Rashid Ghazal. Nice, long ball on the ground, into the path of Veghorst. Veghorst is just getting his feet underneath him at this point. Can't quite get on to the other end of it. He dives, sliding in, but Keeper gets to it first. But again, you love to see it. We are pressing, uh, we are uh, pressuring their defense, getting the ball in our side of the pitch when we, when we lose it. Um, plenty of opportunities, great stuff. Veghorse uh, has a couple of headers that are from like a little too far out, but just show that he's good with them, powerful, precise. Uh, just starting to see things percolate and it really feels like we're gonna score like we could probably have scored five goals here If, if we just put one more in the back of that and got you know the ball rolling as it is as it goes, but Next action. Let's see Jetson Fernandes a yellow card in the 69th Kartal well all right. No first set in the 70th minute, Ridvan Yilmaz with a cross Yeah, that was the header that Veghor sent in from a little too far out 84th minute Kartal Kaida Yilmaz enters the match for Jetson Fernandes. We finally get to see Cartel. Um, he joined the, the team late also because he was on the youth national side. But uh, yeah, good to see him out there. 84th minute. And then 86th minute, finally they have a chance. Sort of. Mizuta, their Japanese player, um, gets around one of our defenders quite easily. But then Berkai steps in well, defending solidly, looking like a you know, like, he's wiser than, than his years. But then, like, one minute later, he commits a really clumsy foul just outside of the box and gives them a free kick, which gives them a final chance. Uh, Emre Bilgin makes a save on it. It's not a really particularly dangerous one. And so in the second minute of extra time, this match is over, and Besiktas, a convincing victory. You know, it's weird to refer to it as that. It was just nil to one, we were considered the away side here. But it was, I mean, we looked great. All of our new guys came in, like, landed with their you know, feet on the ground, running, ready to pounce. We, we just looked hungry, and we looked like we were going to score a ton of goals. We didn't, right, in the end, something lacking on the final touch, always, but, you know, you kind of expect that. At the end of the day, what was fantastic was just seeing things coming together right from the get-go. Uh, statistically, Besiktas, touched 59% of the ball to their 41, 8 shots to their 6, 5 on target to their 3, 473 passes completed to their 322, at a 79% rate to their 72. They committed 25 fouls. We committed 13, which is a sizable amount, and we are the only side that got a card for it. Jed, so I'm getting the yellow. But yeah, they were quite dirty, especially early on when they had a little more energy and they were trying to take um, take our pace away from us. You know, kind of cut us out. We've seen that's like very Anadolu behavior. But it is what it is. We came out the victors and deservedly the victors, I would say. We really looked solid. That 59% possession doesn't even really speak to how dominant we looked for much of the game. Just great stuff this Austria camp was a phenomenal success undefeated two wins and a draw despite playing with never an A team Um, something of a B slash C slash academy team at times right it was those academy kids that turned the match against Werder Bremen Uh, and after the first match these last two we've actually looked much better statistically playing our kind of football in the second half of this last match against Mainz. We really started to see Valerian Ismail football uh, with us getting the ball back in our half, pressing just hardcore, not getting tired. You know, those fitness levels are starting to show. Um, Jedson, Monteiro, we had a number of guys play like for the majority of the match and play at a high level. So, so many positives to come from these first three friendlies. So many positives to come from Austria. Um, Finally, there are rumors that Um, RB Salzburg or Leipzig or you know one of those clubs is looking at Ersin Destinolu the initial offer reportedly like for 9 million and 20% cut of the next sale which is a pretty good offer honestly I think we could ask for 12 million maybe settle on 10 or 11 and and that's a pretty great transfer and suddenly you know the balance for the season's transactions looks pretty decent with that said, uh, we could keep him and uh, he'd probably be even more valuable next year. But, I mean, again, I think it speaks, like, in theory, he may have been scouted in Austria by the Red Bull group, right? Uh, that's where they're located, obviously. And uh, yeah, I mean, it shows you the value of having these training camps. We got we played great friendlies. Like, our rivals have struggled against much weaker sides. And it's just the preseason. These are just friendlies. It doesn't mean a ton, right? But it's still fantastic news. It's been a fantastic start. We've shown positive signs. You know, our emphasis has been getting our fitness levels up, um, playing at a high level for long stretches, and we're doing that now. And obviously, we can't make the subs that we've been making in these friendlies in the regular season. But you see the progress regardless. You know, we're, you see guys able to run for much of this, these matches, um, putting in great shifts uh, again, like, we really just got to see our four horsemen of the apocalypse for the first time this, this last match, and we looked fantastic. Um, if anything, Rashid Ghazal was the most sort of out of sorts. He might not be used to having so much talent at his disposal up there, and, and, that, and it'll only be a matter of time before that spells success, you would imagine, right? Knock on wood, as always, but good news. All around um, not much news beyond that uh, obviously right we're, we're still on, on central defender watch supposedly again Emirhan topçu has been agreed with for one or one and a half million people might complain oh that's a lot for like a young you know, guy that nobody knows anything about may, may be coming from a less than successful side but again he's 21 years old he's Turkish uh, we're buying him from an Anadolu side, so there's automatic inflation there. So in the, it, with that, I, I, I haven't seen anything about like a big percentage of, of the profit of the next per, next sale going to Sport or anything like that. So if, it, if that's the case, it's really not a bad deal at all. You have to expect to spend a little more than you want to to buy a Turk a young Turk from a, a, another Turkish side. So if it's just 1.5 million, there's no percentage fee off the next sale or anything like that, we might have stolen this kid, maybe he'll end up being great. You know, we, we, we shall see at the very least, he's a Turkish prospect. Uh, we need depth, Turkish depth at that. Uh, again, ideally, we'll bring in another young Turkish player Emre Can Uzunhan, <laughs> cough, cough right? Uh, to, to, to pressure this kid and they can compete for the that role. But This is a good start. Let's hope it's true. Uh, I'm not giving you guys like official word because it's not. You know, we we wait for Serjan Dikme, maybe Murat Uzen. Uh, But it was Murat Uzen who said last night that uh, right now we're looking to bring both of these young Turkish central defenders in. So we're on the clock. We're waiting to see what happens. Uh, Also, maybe some depth on the wing. You know, I actually forgot in my um, assessment of our depth chart. I literally forgot to mention Nkuru. all right? I said, like, well, I mean, technically he's depth on the the left side, but with Emirhan Delibash there, Aydin Hasic, right? Like, they'll have to alternate between them. And some of them, you know, like Hasic could play on the right side rather than Boyd or uh, Emirhan Delibash as well. So I don't know if we need to spend money on FastNax. I mean, I guess it couldn't hurt You know, being having a little more insurance, a little better depth, higher quality depth. But if we don't get him, I'm not like losing sleep over it. I'm mostly focused on central defenders and re-signing our young guys, Ersin Destano. I mean, unless he's leaving, right? In which case, fair enough. Ridvan Yilmaz as well. Like re-sign this kid so that if the worst case scenario is that he stays, we can recoup something next summer. Because, you know, I'm sure he'll play well enough to, to get a bigger fee next time around. Shouldn't come as a, wouldn't be like a crazy theory. So anyway, with that said, uh, stay tuned for more. We will be back again. Uh, I don't think we have any, like, individual transfer episodes. But yeah, I think we've covered the big ones, no doubt, right? Roman sais and Vought horse What I like about this one was that uh, Jordi was is not a big fan of that course but despite that he still sees the move as a positive one and the fit as a good one so i think that's good kind of objective analysis that we'll need and he's sort of a Galatasaray fan apparently yardy said. So, uh even more so right he'd be more inclined to talk trash but i mean he seems to think it's a good fit and he gives a good explanation as to why i hope you guys agree and that, that puts you guys at ease you folks who are listening um either way it's been a pleasure talking to you guys again this week i will be back again next week uh, our next friendlies we have a little bit of a break now which uh, well-timed i would say you know given our podcast here our next match is saturday against wolverhampton at 1 p.m uh here in new york city on the eastern standard time check your local listings as always and also those times are apt are, are to change they've been Changing a lot. Last match, because that was coming at noon, and then it was at 2.15, and then it was back at noon, and then it was back at 2.15. Here, locally, right? Obviously, uh, in Turkey, it was a pretty late recording. Pretty late match, but, uh, yeah, so check your local listings as per usual. But, yes, yeah, Saturday, July 23rd, uh, in Spain, our Spanish camp will have started. In theory, a number of guys returned, Romance, but, uh, maybe Joseph. But so yeah, Wolverhampton should be a good one. Uh, after Wolverhampton, right? We have a few more matches in Spain. We're going to be playing Deportivo Alaves and Sampdoria, uh, and that'll be July thirtieth. Our final friendly, with our first regular season match coming August seventh when we host Boa. So uh, yeah, we're we're getting there. Uh, I will be back at the beginning of next week. As per usual, uh, I will be here to discuss Wolverhampton, no doubt, um, and, put ten, and uh, I'm probably not going to wait till Tuesday for, for Alaves. Um, I suppose I'll do Alaves and Sampdoria together in the following episode, uh, and, and all throughout both of these episodes, we'll have transfer news to discuss, and who knows what kind of gossip and rumors. Serdar Sachi. Still, Kadra Dishi, right? Still not part of the team. Team. So, I mean, things are moving as per usual, but yeah, certainly by next episode, I expect to have a central defender or two to introduce. And uh, I mean, who knows? If we get, if we do end up getting Fast knocks, we might have to do an episode on the guy. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned for all of it. We will be back. And until then, see ya later. Follow us on Twitter at eagles underscore podcast follow us on instagram black eagles podcast one word follow myself at sir underscore rights underscore a lot and as always let's go Go go. peace out everybody great preseason so far let's keep it rolling
0: Pashikdash International hopes you enjoyed this program.